3, 2, 1. Uh, hello, this is the 4th of the February and this is the 5th, I think it's the 5th episode, right? The 5th episode of the Good Hope podcast. Speaking is Pedro Ripoli tweet. Mohamed Bana from South Come Africa. Come on, man, pay attention now. <laughs> <laughs> this happens every single time. Can you episode. hear me? <laughs> 100%. Yeah, yeah, he's I'm rolling, here. He's rolling. But today we have uh, some changes, and with us is also who? Hello, everyone. I'm Clive. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in South Africa. I've been living in Portugal. Hi, Clive. How are you doing? <laughs> Hello, Mohamed Van. <laughs> I'm the audio producer for the Good Hope podcast, and of course, the Pedri podcast. Fantastic. Here, so uh, we are very research. happy to have you on board. And uh, it's, it's, it's good to have you on the team because somehow you represent a guy that uh, you were born in South Africa, yes? And now, yeah, we're, and now, and now work in Portugal. So somehow is he's a link. is a link. You know, is the perfect fit to bring exactly. to, to the podcast. <laughs> so Clive is going to help us whenever we need to have images uh popping up so we can refer to news or to any visual cues uh, live is going to help and also help us excellent maintain excellent. the quality of the audio and the discipline of the conversation okay clive but because you are new come back don't go away <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> just just introduce yourself to the to the audience like in two minutes you know why did you were born okay. in South Africa? Why do you now live in Portugal? What, what happened? Okay, uh, I was born in South Africa. My parents are both Portuguese from the island of Madeira. Uh, I lived in South Africa for 11 years. After that, I moved to Madeira. I started fixing computers and I got tired of that. Uh, then I went to university in Coimbra. Got tired of Coimbra, moved to Porto, did my master's in Porto, and now I'm in Lisbon, working at 5,000 miles. <laughs> Are you about to get tired of 5,000 miles or not? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> because I was feeling there is a pattern, like <laughs> you start something and then you get tired. No? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Now I'm going to stay Thank for God. sure. <laughs> okay, okay. Welcome on board. Uh, so, Mohamed, how is life? All good, all good. We got some new equipment today. Got my headphones, got my speak uh, mic arm. Okay. So, I'm sure the quality will be improving as we go along. Fantastic. That's the spirit. <laughs> yeah. How is, how, so, how is South Africa right now? South Africa's... Uh, things are improving. The hospitals have taken some ease on the COVID. So, now okay. they're not as packed as before where there was no beds the doctors are getting some break uh let's hope the economy starts to kick off and schools uh, uh slowly the private schools have started opening up so uh, some of them are accepting kids twice or thrice a week and then they do two three days online mm -hmm. and then i think in another uh by the 15th of february or such the public schools should be open so it's progressing towards opening, not towards yes. closing further lockdown. To no, towards opening. So restaurants are coming back uh, open and people are going out or not? Yes, yes, yes. And the times have extended as well. Really? Okay. Yeah, so beaches are now open. We weren't, beaches were closed until the president spoke a few days ago. So now 
you're allowed to swim, you're allowed to surf, uh, but restricted times were there. So now that's all opened up. Okay. Yeah, and what about restaurants? What time do they have to close? I think about 9 or 10 p.m. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Already allowed. But, some uh, and during lunchtime, everything is open. No problem. Everything's open in the day. Yeah. Okay. And they just limited uh, public gatherings to like uh, 50 people, like for funerals and stuff like that. So there's still a bit of limit. So there's no events. Like you can't have a music concert or mm -hmm. big events or big weddings. They're limiting it to certain numbers. But I think that's understandable because otherwise they can't. Of course. You're going to have a third wave otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's good. I think the, the kids need to go back to school. 100%. And uh, yeah, it's just been a long time. In Portugal, everything is closed. Restaurants are closed. Schools closed. It's not, it's not, mm. no, it's depressing. <laughs> yes, it's very depressing. I, I, I know. You know, uh, the other day, I jumped into my car. And I just needed to drive mm -hmm. out of Durban. Just take a drive. Mm -hmm. I actually put one of the podcasts mm -hmm. on just to listen to it myself and took a drive mm -hmm. for about 20 minutes mm -hmm. because we're not built to just sit in one place. Yeah. When I'm not happy, that's one of the, my favorite things to do. Just okay. go in the car, drive for one hour, yeah. no specific direction, you know, just drive. Listen to music or listen to an audio book because you are active driving, right. you are seeing different things and somehow it helps you know yeah. um so that this was the first time i did that and then on the way there was someone selling mangoes on the side of the road uh down the south coast so i stopped bought some mangoes came home mm -hmm. and enjoyed the mangoes so it was nice to just get out the house yeah, yeah. just for an hour or so yeah it's fantastic i saw i saw on uh, on, on i think in twitter some a video of some guys in pretoria being attacked in the car so the guy was driving then comes another car starts shooting like Like, like a gangster's movie, shooting from one car to the other and then returning fire until one of the cars went away. But Is this recently? I, I don't know if it's recent, but I saw it recently so, on Twitter. So, owner of a big cash and carry supermarket just in the last few days got uh, kidnapped. Mm. You know, so there's a lot of kidnappings that take place every now and then. And they specifically target, uh, you know, like cash and carry owners or people that they know that have good bank balances. Mm -hmm. And uh, then there's also this petty crime where just one street away from me, the house got broken into. But the person who broke in then went in the kitchen and started eating the food. And, you know, so I think the lockdowns brought through some hardships and poverty and some people are just hungry. Yes. So they, they're not really... Probably were criminals. I mean, they have no other they, option. Yeah, I, I yeah. can. You know, I, I can understand that 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 level of crime. You know, if you have no other option, you know, you are not going to see your kids starve to death. There is a moment in time anyone becomes a criminal. I think there is a moment of stress. Mm, mm, mm. So, so you got that bottom end stress, and then you've got the kidnappings that happens once in a while, but. Uh, We have to be safe in South Africa, you know, mm -hmm. uh, be alert. And uh, But we, we've become used to it. We've become immune to our actions and the way things go around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Okay, okay. How's the rest, rest of Europe with the lockdown? And no, yeah, all countries have restrictions now. Um, mm -hmm. You know, people avoid traveling. Uh, but our business in Spain is progressing. So I imagine that, you know, 
This time, I think in March, what I feel is the difference is that in March, really people didn't knew what was coming and just panic. Right. Uh, and everything was really shut down and people would say, you know what, for two weeks, I'm going to stay at home, three weeks, I'm going to don't, don't even work. But now, you know, business people, we know if we stop, it's over. So there's no hope this is going to be fixed in two weeks. So because it's not going to be fixed in two weeks, we have to push forward. And I think this is true in other countries in Europe. You know, we yeah. we just hired a Russian person is going to start working with us um, Monday. So okay. that's the beginning of a potential new market for us. We are so first uh, of July Spain, but we want to open another market maybe first of October and then first of January. It would be Poland or uh, or Russia. So we are doing yeah. trials on these two countries. That's great, great news. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Russia's huge market and uh, huge potential there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just the cl yeah. the culture is closed, so it's, let's see how, how how we we get along with them. Yeah, I was watching some documentary on Al Jazeera about Ukraine. Ukraine works very close with uh, Russia as well. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. But w w what was crazy about the documentary? Actually, it was about the oligarchs and uh, how the old president from uh, Ukraine mm -hmm. stole a lot of uh, state money and mm -hmm. he built this $2 billion mansion in Russia. And, uh, you know, he was just uh, absconded from his country with the money. And uh, the interesting thing with this documentary was how they... <coughs> yes, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so what he was showing was that, you know, you get these uh, offshore companies like in the Caribbean or Cayman Islands and, and whatnot. And a lot of times when there's crimes taking place, assets get frozen. So yeah. say there's uh, assets get frozen of some billionaire worth $160 million. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they go and they uh, buy this frozen asset and then they bribe the judge in Ukraine to unlock to mm -hmm. unfreeze that asset, mm -hmm. but they buy it for thirty million dollars. Yeah, okay, yeah. so now they're benefiting on the gain. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, this this documentary was actually on Al Jazeera. I just watched it about uh, two nights ago, and it showed the corruption that's happening, and how uh, people in Eastern Europe, the public, they just fed up of uh, you know being exploited and funds being stolen, but. Uh, you know, in South Africa, it's a similar situation here. We've had such huge sums allocated to COVID, okay, uh, for relief of COVID. And the money was just so, uh, you know, badly uh, used or, or mismanagement of funds. Mm -hmm. And it's sad, very mm -hmm. sad that, you know, you, at you, this you, time when people... You saw the, the Putin's mansion, the, that this huge mansion that was found out that, that he has. Well, the opposition says it's Putin's house. A massive, more than $1 billion house. No, I didn't see this. It's worth seeing. This is it. Clive is showing okay. it on screen now. Right. It's uh, the most expensive house in the world. Costs more than $1 billion. And it's on a huge estate. Uh, this green part you see behind the house is like an underground hockey ring. Uh, with, you know, like private airports, you know, uh, all kinds of security yeah. systems. Um, 
Wow. Yeah, it's 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 the biggest, most expensive house in the world. It's in Russia, and of course now everyone says it's it's Putin's house, private house, his own house. Yeah. He says, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. well, not he because he doesn't talk about this, but the Kremlin spokesperson denies it, and it's uh, this is this green part is a underground hockey ring. Uh, with everything, with nightclub inside, with casino inside, with all kinds of amenities and entertainments inside. Um, that's it. W what I find surprising about these guys is, okay, I can understand that he has the money because it's for him, you know, maybe he's the richest person in the world. So he has the money to spend $1 billion in a house or he can drain resources from other businessmen or just get resources from the government and steal it. But the, for me, what's not really clear is, okay, it's easy for a man like Putin to build that house. But the question is, how is he going to use it? How is he going to use it? You mean from personal use? Because the moment, the moment yeah, of course, because the moment he starts using the house, you know, he's going to be linked with the house. Yeah. That's, that's the point that for me is not very clear. Because yeah. to, to, to steal that amount of money, you know, you, you have to steal it having something in mind. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't grasp. I think on the surface, everyone says, oh, he's stealing. You see the house. It's so big. But if you start thinking like in a chess move, what's the next, what's the next move? What's the next move? How does he use the house? No, so uh, on Al Jazeera, the documentary, they showed this house $2 billion, right? And it's got a fully-fledged gym with a boxing ring and that. That's never been used. And they have, uh, you know, the cost of running the house with all the staff was $100,000 a day, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. But no one's living in the house. No one's using the house. And uh, they've got a piano that's signed by Elton John. They've got a chandelier that's, you know, uh, covered in gold leaf it's it's just uh extreme okay mm -hmm. and no one's using the house and as you said and then what exactly What's the That's end what game? I, don't see. I don't see how these guys can move into a position in which they are free <laughs> they yeah. can be you know uh multi-millionaires most powerful person in the world but in the way they are not free because, you know, if Jeff Bezos buys a 500 million house, you know, yeah. it's going to be very expensive. And even for Jeff Bezos, it's going to be extremely expensive to pay 500 million for a house. But uh, you can use it. You know, nobody's going to, to question it. Exactly. You know, you can say, you know, this guy is, 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 is overspending, but, you know, it's his, it's his house. Money. Yeah. Uh, but these kind of dictators, kleptocrats, um, what's the purpose? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we had a prime minister in Portugal that started spending a lot of money and got arrested because he could not explain why and how he, 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 he spent that, that money. You know, in South Africa, the problem is uh, they'll, they'll set up an investigation unit to investigate uh people who are accused of corruption and that will drag on for another five to ten years the investigation mm -hmm. so sometimes it's senseless spending it's the state's money getting used going to courts trying to prove that someone's uh you know guilty but the the case drags on for too long mm -hmm. speaking about uh jeff bezos he stepped down as ceo 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What did you think of that? I think it's good. I think you know uh, organizations um, needs to be refreshed. Uh, and I can totally understand. He built Amazon, you know. He, he, yeah. He, he drove it personally for a long time, yes. and uh, now it's time for for another person to to bring his contributions. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I, I think I human agree. organizations should be like that. You see, Bill, Bill Gates did the same thing. What I find it weird is that this case is the, that is the opposite. When it's like the Berkshire Hathaway, and these ninety succession planning. No, no, this, the, uh, Warren Buffett is 87 years old and the Charlie Munger is 91. How can they be running a, a $800 billion assets company? Mm, mm. You know, this is when I find it weird. I, 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 I think it's healthy that people say, you know what, I, get, I did my part. I'll be still be one of the biggest on the shareholders. board. I'm yeah. in the board. I'm one of the biggest shareholders, but maybe there is other people that have more energy, more ideas, mm. you know, different ideas. And, and I think it's dangerous also to leave it for too late. You know, as you're saying, uh, like uh, Berkshire Hathaway, both the guys could pass away in the next year, example, or at the similar time. Yeah. And then you're going to have a new CEO and new board members coming in place. There's no time to train. Rather, let them have that space, you know, mm-hmm. uh, support. So, you know, hand the reins, let them have the training and know that if there's a problem, they can always phone you, get your guidance, bring you, you have board meetings. You can always be there to guide them. Uh, leaving it for two last minute, there's always going to be pressure. You know, but it's big the shoes to fill. organizations like the Bernard L. Madoff Securities, yeah. you, there's, succession is not possible. I wonder if Berkshire Hathaway is not, there's not, there's not, maybe there's something we don't know. Maybe yeah. there's something we don't know because it's too weird, you know, 91 years old managing uh, more than $800 billion in assets. Uh, not, you know, the kids are not involved. Their children is not, are yeah. not involved. It's simply too weird. I, I know, I, I know that I'm isolated. I know it's not popular opinion. But I would never buy a single share of Berkshire Hathaway. It's, it's, it's too weird, those two guys. I, my opinion is Berkshire Hathaway was good 20 years ago, 10 years ago, okay? As uh, Michael Saylor, you know, from MicroStrategy, <laughs> he's the new kid on the block, mm-hmm. uh, popular guy at the moment, said that, you know what? You could relate to someone buying shares in Coca-Cola. You could relate to someone buying shares in Gillette. It was the product to have 20 years ago, okay? Seven billion people know what's Coca-Cola, but Warren Buffett and them were slow to move to tech companies, you know, like they only went into Apple in the last few years. So the thinking is, let's say, old school. But I don't know if it's just old school because those two guys are too smart. What I think, this is, of course, this is just intuition just for mean, the purpose of yeah. conversation. Yeah, I don't want to be yeah. sued by, by Berkshire Hathaway. I don't have any <laughs> proof. I don't have any proof. And, yeah. uh, but this is my, my feeling. Imagine you are a mega crook. <laughs> Imagine you are a mega crook, uh, financial criminal mastermind, and you want to attract investors. What companies are you going to buy? Companies that are obvious for naive people. 
people ask you and they say, oh, no, we have $800 billion in assets. Out of this, more than $100 billion is cash, is there, is cash. We keep cash, fiat money on uh, more than $100 billion. And now what? Yeah. Now we have companies that you know, Coca-Cola, Gillette, and all of those things, Apple, any person is saying, oh, it's very safe company. Security. It's yeah. very safe company because it's just very well-known brands. The last yeah. thing those two guys want to do is to invest in something that raises questions. And then the cash plus these shares is like half of the assets. The other half is a black box. But when you talk about Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola is a tiny percentage of, of, of the overall Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, Apple the same. Because then they buy hundreds of billions of dollars of other assets, of other companies, of small things out of the out of the stock market. Um I find it I find it uh you see. Uh brand value uh IBM, they have six percent, they have nine percent of Coca-Cola, they have nine percent of Wells Fargo. It's almost like if you want to convince people that you are safe. These are the brands that you buy. It's brands that everyone uh, knows. Look, Wells, Wells Fargo turned out to be actually a bad investment because like if there's a documentary on Netflix at the moment, how Wells Fargo was running such a big scandal and then the shares tanked at a, at a certain stage. So I think banks are not such a good investment anymore. Mm -hmm. Right? I can understand Gillette. I can understand Coca-Cola. IBM should have been... Apple. <laughs> Pampers, everyone needs it. Yeah. But at least I, I said it here in English that to record that, you know, I find this Berkshire Hathaway weird. I would never yeah. buy a single share in Berkshire Hathaway. I don't understand why anyone buys. Because if you want to buy shares of Coca-Cola, just buy the shares directly. Yeah, if yeah, you want to, yeah, yeah. to have cash, just keep the cash in your pocket, in your bank account. Why do you buy shares that own cash? This is yeah. to me, it's it's beyond comprehension, and uh, I believe that having this said in English clearly that I have strong suspicions about Berkshire Hathaway, maybe one day we can cut a clip of this and use it with a slogan with you no know, hashtag <laughs> hashtag I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> That's a good one. And if and, and if someone does not agree, you know, I, I you know, I'm not a financial analyst. You know, I'm a businessman. It's just intuition. So yeah. I'm not telling anyone to sell or to buy or. But you know, nowadays, uh, with apps, let's talk like apps like Robinhood, right? I mean, and with information that we have access to, everyone's got information with smartphones, Google. You can just search and research companies yourself make your own decision that's it and buy your shares yourself mm -hmm. okay it's as simple as that uh so you know i i've been doing research and i know a lot about bitcoin from last year march april so mm -hmm. in fact what happened was when covid came obviously intuition i was looking at markets not just stock markets but seeing what was happening i mean uh, goods weren't getting shipped out of China. There was this lockdown. The demand supply of uh, Forex in our country, you know, outward payments, inward uh, Forex. And I could see, you know, we should move some investments into a safe haven. So in March, I went and bought some gold. 
the next month I said, okay, let me now look what's what are the options. And I landed up in April buying Bitcoin, mm. right? Um, if you look at the last eight months, what gold did, I actually lost. Uh, I, I've lost on the on the gold, right? And where Bitcoin went up, and uh, there's an upward trend for Bitcoin at the what moment. What time you paid for the first Bitcoin that you bought? What price? It was hundred and seventy thousand rand, but I bought a fraction. I bought, you know, so many satoshis. Mm -hmm. So let's say I bought twenty five thousand rand worth of. Bitcoin, but it was 170,000 rand. How Today much is that in euros? It's like uh, 170,000. It was... 10,000. 10,000. So today it's sitting at 600,000 yeah, yeah. rand. So it tripled. It tripled, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And whereas gold was at 34,000 for a gold coin. And uh, last month I sold it at 30,000. So I lost 4,000 rand. Okay. Mm. So you sold uh, your, your, your Kruger rands. I, I sold it, I took the knock, and I put it all in Bitcoin. <laughs> okay. So, and, and, and from the last two was days... It, was it easy to sell? Yes. Yes. To sell the Kruger because, Rands was easy? Yeah, very easy. Just uh, because I bought it from a, a legal retailer uh, here mm -hmm. in South Africa. So you took it Probably. there, and they give you, they, they give you the yeah. cash. That's it. Yes. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. But looking at it as a, as an investment, okay, coming back to economics and looking at what's happening with COVID, people that have cash, even people in America that received the stimulus checks, okay, a lot of them had choices. A lot of them didn't need it for food and drink. So they took it and they said, instead of going to the stock market and buying Google shares or Amazon, a lot of them went and bought, whether it's GameStop or, uh, you know, Bitcoin, and uh, the interesting thing is, once you start learning about Bitcoin, you start learning about Ethereum, Litecoin, subjects which I'm still, uh, you know, studying. Mm -hmm. I don't know much about it. I know you know more about Litecoin and uh, Ethereum than me. So maybe you can enlighten me. What do you see with these two cryptocurrencies? Okay, so uh, it, it's complementary uh, to, to, to Bitcoin. So for people to understand Litecoin, they need to understand Bitcoin first. Uh, so go ahead and explain Bitcoin, then I'll go for, for Litecoin. Look, for Bitcoin, I understand that there's going to be only 21 million coins produced. Okay, there's a million Satoshis in a, in a Bitcoin, so you don't have to buy a full Bitcoin, you can buy for 30 Rand. I call it Rands, you can buy for a few Euros. Mm -hmm. um, people at first might say it's a Ponzi scheme, but when they understand that uh, the supply diminishes, okay, we've mm -hmm. got eight, I think we are around sitting at 18,000 coins already mined. Mm -hmm. Million, million, stop at million, million. 18, uh, sorry, 18 million. Yes. And we're gonna stop at 21 million. Yes. And then there's a halving every so many years. But we've only had three halvings, I think, uh, right? So there's been three halvings and out of 32 halvings that to take place, mm -hmm. okay? So that will, at the moment, we're sitting at 900 coins a day being mined. Mm -hmm. And then in 2024, it will drop to 450. And uh, so if you look at 900 coins coming onto the market fresh every day, and you look at companies like MicroStrategy buying hundreds and thousands of coins uh, and Square, PayPal. Visa now has just announced that they will 
be doing something in the Bitcoin space. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, MicroStrategy had a seminar yesterday and they have one this evening. And uh, they're presenting to over 1,400 CEOs about Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Raul Paul from Real Vision was talking about Metcalf, uh, Metcalf Law, okay, about adoption. Maybe Clive can put that. I think it's called Metcalf Law. Clive, are you with us there? He's searching probably. Yeah. Okay. So, so adoptions to take place. And then there's a stock to flow ratio on Bitcoin also. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, which, which I've been following. And like, like anything, adoption will take place. And as people start to learn about Bitcoin. Okay. Yeah. At the moment, I think only 2% of American citizens own uh Bitcoin, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, my thinking is what will happen when it moves to three, four, five, six percent. Uh, so I understand Bitcoin as a safe haven, as alternate to gold. And the way I, I like MicroStrategy's, uh, Michael Saylor's explanation. If you, if you right now go and put more money towards uh, mining gold, you will find more gold. Mm -hmm. So gold's not limited yes. in supply, yes. okay? Yes. And he was sitting with $400 million uh, in his treasury, in his company, and as CEO, uh, they had to make a decision, what do they do with this money? So they looked at all the options. If they buy bonds, uh, to buy a 30-year bond at 2%, but he said, okay, there's inflation taking place. If you want to go and buy a property today, you know, how much will it cost you? And in 30 years time, can you buy the same property? If it takes 460 million rand, like you're saying Warren Buffett's got money sitting in the bank, that money is eroding every year because what you could buy today for it, and if you just leave it in 30 years time, can you buy that same item? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Huh? Yeah. So, so the, yeah, I think for, for people to understand the value of, of, of Bitcoin, I think the easiest way I find it myself to, to give anyone that is talking with me an intuition is to say it's the first asset that is limited I, I cannot think about another asset that is fixed when you think about it it becomes clear as you said gold is not fixed because gold the mining the the, the, the flow of new gold to the existing stock is like two percent so ev every year to another two percent gold is is mined so it keeps growing but if we want a fixed asset that you say you know if i buy this quantity it it, it is a fixed proportion of the global mm. quantity there's no other one well when mm. when bitcoin was invented there was mm. no other one mm. so it's a synthetic human created asset that as fixed, limited, and uh, unchangeable uh, quantity. That's what no, I agree. Value. I totally agree. So I also explain it as like energy. Um, uh, when you transfer sometimes energy, even a battery, it loses its power. Okay, Bitcoin, you're storing value, and the value, the energy will not be lost even in five years' time. If you can relate to something like, how do I put it? 
I think Michael Saylor will explain it better right, than me. But when I listen to his documentaries, he's trying to say if you buy gold and then supply of gold increases. So if the gold price goes up, people will start mining more gold. Just mm -hmm. say gold's sitting at $10,000 tomorrow. It's incentives for companies to mine more gold. They will find more gold. Yes. And, and exactly what you're saying. So I, I've written the same thing in my diary that only time and Bitcoin are the two things that I find limited at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything but, else but can even be time, But or, even our own time, uh, we don't know how, how much we have. Yeah, it's limited. That's what I mean. We know it's limited, but we don't know how much. I, I don't yes. know how many more days I will live. I don't know. Mm. I know it's limited, but mm. I know it, I don't know exactly how many more days. When you look at something like crypto, particularly Bitcoin, it's known fixed limit. It's 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 superior to nature. We cannot really. It's difficult to find another alternative that we know. It's an asset with fixed mm. quantity, absolute fixed known mm. quantity. Yeah. So, so let's move to Ethereum. And mm -hmm. what I do know a little about is that it's more of, they're calling it the silver of the cryptocurrency, where smart contracts get placed onto uh, Ethereum. Like you can I see later on silver, place your house. The silver is the slogan of Litecoin. Yeah. Is the silver Litecoin. Yeah, the Litecoin is silvers to Bitcoin's gold. And what would Ethereum be then? Ethereum, Ethereum is, 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 uh, is, is, is like gasoline, is like oil. Right, right, right. Because it makes, makes a machine work. Yes, yes. So do you, you, do you see a lot of potential in those two coins? Well, I, 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 I think the following. I think the king and the absolute safe bet is Bitcoin. This is uh, clear for me. I, I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer of that. Yeah. And as I said, from last year, March, all my research on it, I'm quite a firm believer of that. Yeah. So Bitcoin, so to, to talk about the others, we have to first establish this, that the king, the gold standard, the safe bet is Bitcoin. Just because, mm. you know, it's more than 10 years old, uh, never was hacked. Uh, the market cap, it's, I don't know how much is today, but maybe 700 billion or something like that. Yes, yes. Uh, it's huge. And, um, you know, the hash rate is, is super high. So it, anyone to hack it would need to have uh, huge computing power or to collude and form a cartel with several miners together. So it, it, it's very safe. So that's the gold standard. But it's not the whole universe. Like the same way there is Facebook, but there is also Twitter. And there is also YouTube. And there is also, you know, uh, TikTok. So there is F Facebook is is the is the is the king of social media, but it, mm -hmm. it doesn't have one hundred percent dominance, and and in crypto is going to be the same. So to understand then the other ones, we have to understand things that develop that have a role similar to. Okay, Clive is showing us here the the market caps and and this is the okay the volume and all of that. Uh, 
Uh, Clive, show, show a website that is uh, coinmarketcap.com. Uh, so, um, this is a topic that interests me a lot because I've watched maybe 50 hours of Bitcoin documentaries from uh, Seyfedin Amos, who wrote the Bitcoin Standard, Raul Paul, that's a hedge fund manager that's retired in Cayman Islands, that speaks a lot about Ethereum nowadays, more than Bitcoin. So he's he's, he's quite pro-Ethereum. Uh, I listened to Michael Saylor from MicroStrategy CEO. I, I, I just like how he defines Bitcoin and how he comes to that conclusion. And you, you must know he's a MIT graduate, rocket scientist, you know. Uh, it's quite interesting. He explains it very differently. Uh, Max Kaiser from RT is just too extreme for me. Do you watch that guy? No. Max Kaiser. No. You know, from RT channel, right? Uh, he's just too extreme. I know who is the guy, but... Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, continue, Pedro. So, let me just see if I can put here the, the biggest... Okay, you, you see the, the, the coin market cap uh, full screen now. What Clive is sharing? I, I'm seeing it full screen now. I can see it. Let me go full sc uh, full screen. Okay. No, I need to go speaker out. How do I open that? Okay, gallery. Clive, just talk to me here. How do I open just your window? You know, I'll train you after because otherwise we don't, okay. you know, you, carry on. you cannot be carry on. doing carry training. On. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Clive, sort this by market cap, please. Click the market cap tab on top so you can, yeah. Yeah, okay. so almost 679. So, so yeah, 679 uh, Bitcoin. Then you have Ethereum that is a smart contract network. Yeah. Yeah. Then Tether is a stable coin. And then XRP or Litecoin, for example, are alternative uh, currencies, okay? All right. So now to explain first Litecoin. I mm. like Litecoin a lot because the volume is high. You see, uh, the, the, the volume of Litecoin now is 8 billion, if I can read it correctly. 8 billion per year, transact per day transacted. You understand? So Litecoin yeah. was developed two years after uh, Bitcoin. So there's this, this noise coming here, like some, what, what is, you know, like a metal sound. You don't get it. Like some, you, you, you listen to it. Was now. I moving my mic? I don't know. I'm just getting like a loud. Trying to avoid moving your microphone or mic. Okay. I'm getting okay. like a now uh, loud uh, bang. Uh, okay. So uh, uh, Bitcoin was launched 2009. And then two years after 2011, Litecoin was launched hmm. by uh, MIT uh, guy. So it's a very interesting right. guy because he's, he's, he's an African guy. Uh, yeah. If you look at him, he's, he's a, he looks Oriental. He looks Oriental. Right. So he's from, you know, I don't know, maybe Chinese origin or Korean origin. I don't know. Looks like okay. Asian guy. But he, yeah. he was uh, born in uh, Ivory Coast. Yeah. Okay. And when he was 13, he went to study to the United States and, uh, well, did his high school there. And from there, he, he was accepted at MIT and he did uh, computer science at MIT, Charlie Lee. So it's a very interesting figure because it's a guy out of Africa, a little bit like Elon Musk is from South Africa. This guy mm -hmm. is from Ivory Coast, went to the United States, is accepted at the top uh, technology school in the United States, MIT, 
after that is hired by Google. While at, a Go at Google, he starts learning about Bitcoin and two years after the launch of Bitcoin, Charlie Lee created Litecoin. And his idea was, okay, I don't want to compete with Bitcoin, but I want to improve certain aspects of Bitcoin. So he copied all the code of Bitcoin and changed two parameters. One of the parameters was to make uh, the processing faster. Because, right, you know, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. Bitcoin's quite slow. Yeah, Bitcoin is quite slow because the, the, the block time is 10 minutes. Okay. And uh, let me go back to the gallery view. Because it's 10 minutes. And um, Charlie Lee decreased this number in four. So make it 2.5 minutes, making okay. Litecoin transactions faster. Okay. Four times right. faster. Uh, we, need, we need to try a transaction one of the days, you and I. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I use it. And, and because, and because uh, it, it made the block time four times faster, yeah. then the number of coins increased four times. So instead of 21 million, it's 84 oh, okay. million coins. But right. it's fixed. But it's fixed anyhow. You understand? So it's got similar properties. It's exactly the same code. It's, the, it's exactly the same code, but it changes. This aspect of speed, and the second thing it changed it was this, uh, the encryption algorithm. On, on Bitcoin is SHA-254, and in Litecoin is script. And it did this so that the miners of Bitcoin could not attack in a 51% attack the Litecoin network. So it created a different encryption mechanism that protects Litecoin from attacks of uh, of uh, Bitcoin miners. And so I find it, I find it is interesting because you know it's a 2011 project. It's going to complete 10 years this year, as we saw as it's traded at eight mil eight billion dollars per day. So very big volumes of trade, and um, so it's an interesting alternative project. Let's say, but with the same properties with the same goals as as bitcoin so it's like the silver to bitcoin gold it's just i i, I understand it a I cheaper it. a cheaper faster it's it's a cheaper faster so i can see in the future people obviously would enter crypto the crypto world through bitcoin but as they start to transact in the future it would be easier to transact with litecoin faster cheaper and more, also uh, let's say you have you have your five or ten bitcoins stored away you don't want in cold, to touch in a cold card yeah in a hard wallet want or something to touch off, it. you yeah. even want to think about it or it's to, just like gold yeah, yeah it's just like gold and then you have the silver coins to use you can also store value there you can have a storage of value in mm. silver the, the litecoin mm. but occasionally mm. you want to buy a car you pay in litecoin this is the, the this is the the general idea i understand it mm -hmm. you've explained it very well yes and, and let's go to Ethereum. Ethereum is different because it's not a payment system. It's completely different. Smart contracts. It's a smart contract network to create a decentralized computer. And of course, for people to put computational power available to process uh, Ethereum uh, contracts, they have right. to be paid. So it's yeah. exactly like, like gasoline. It's like buying oil because you expect that in the future someone is going to build cars it's like buying mm. oil before cars so mm. uh, before mm. cars and airplanes and uh and all and and, and combustion engines so if but you would oil, you mm. would you see 
uh, a title deed for a property being used by Ethereum, where you'd have, just say, a guy owns two, three properties and he has his title deeds on uh, Ethereum kind of network, right? Yeah. And just say, just say right now, you tell me, hey, Mohamed, I want to buy this apartment of yours in South Africa, in Santon. And I say, no problem. And through Ethereum, in 10 minutes, I can tr uh, give you ownership of that uh, title deed. Yes. Where mm -hmm. is, is that something that Ethereum would be used for? Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to be directly on Ethereum, but on applications that run on top of Ethereum. But yes, it's going to support that. It's going to or, or a logbook of a car, example. You want to buy yeah. a car from someone, the ownership is on there. It just transfers through a blockchain or DeFi or... Or loans, for example, or insurance, mm. Uh, mm. something like that. Yeah, mm. it's easy to do. A, 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 for me, the most intuitive smart contract is, for example, things that we don't control, but we want to, if they happen, to be automatically triggered. Let's say I'm an agriculture, and I create a smart contract with an insurance company, and it says, okay. Mm. Insurance company, I give you $10,000. But right. if you have 100 days straight, no rain, I get back $1 million. Okay. And so it triggers, it triggers off. And it, it, because the contract is automated and nobody can cancel it ah, and yeah. it's fixed, you will have to have a source of, of input from the weather, from a weather channel. But if you register 100 days, no rain, he, he, he transfers without human intervention. Nobody has to discuss debits one million dollars from the insurance company credits the farmer, for example. I I, I now understand it much better. Yeah. What you're saying, you smart contract. It's basically like when we did coding as a child, if and buts. You know, when you're writing yes. code, that if yes. if this happens, execute this. Yes, I get it. Yes, yeah. or, or an example. I I say I say. Uh, okay, let's create a new company and 10 friends, each one puts uh, $100,000 so that we have 1 million. Hmm. But if this condition is not met, he automatically returns the money to everyone. So that person doesn't feel okay. I'm putting money in here, but if these conditions are not met, I lose the money. No, if, if the guy doesn't fulfill his promise, he returns to me automatically. This is it, the kind it's like having an honest judge uh, executing things instantly. It's its like having a third person yes. that's a, a between two people. You know? Because the only advantage I see of smart contracts is to eliminate the need of trust. 100%. Yeah. So that, let's put it, it's like having uh, a third person being a robot that follows the law or the that was laid down, the agreement that yes. was laid down. Because you, I think everyone has this feeling that, you know, insurance companies, these guys, you know, are very aggressive. They never pay. When the accident comes, they will find an excuse to not pay. So if someone says, come on, man, buy the insurance company, I have zero control about paying. If it doesn't mm -hmm. rain, automatically I'm debited, you're credited. People will feel safer. It's just to create trust among parties that don't trust each other. Mm. But Ethereum, what I find in Ethereum, I, I have Ethereum also, is that, you know, we are further away. We are I agree with very that. early. We are very, very early compared to Bitcoin because Bitcoin yeah. is already a store of value, is already gold, is already digital gold, is already fulfilled yeah. the promise. Litecoin, 
more or less, you know, can be, but also can be replaced by Dogecoin or another one. Yeah, he's not still. Well, what do you know about Dogecoin? He's, he's not. He's not established. Eh? So what do you know about uh, Dogecoin? So Dogecoin is um, is similar to Litecoin, but even faster. Yeah. Is even faster because each block, okay. it's each block is processed in one minute instead of two point five yeah. minutes. Uh, there's no fixed supply. Okay. So it's okay. continuously mined forever, like Ethereum. Ethereum also doesn't have uh, fixed supply. It's continuously mined forever, and the supply. Do is you all... think not being limited will decrease the value? Not much. I think I, I think the limited is a bit uh, marketing thing. What is important is that the mining is limited. I think what is okay. really important is not that the total supply is min limited, like in Bitcoin. What I what I think is important is that the the mining is limited, so that you already know that what is the inflation number one, and second that this the inflation is automatically decreasing. And Ethereum is this case, uh, Litecoin uh, and Dogecoin is the same. Uh, there is a fixed number of mining that happens every every year. The quantity increases, but there's no surprises. What's more important is there's no surprises. I saw this Dogecoin uh, shooting, rocketing up in the last mm. few weeks. Yes. Uh, guys were making huge margins. Yeah, nice. <laughs> it's increasing like 300% or something like that. Crazy, yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's because of this Elon Musk uh, picture of the dog. Well, and and uh, and, and 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 the tweets Dogecoin all the time, and he creates yes. this. But um, what I think is that you know, in the end, someone like Elon Musk, if he promotes enough, he can make something shift become, markets. He can shift markets and can even make it become. Uh, a relevant instrument yes because if that, just this fact alone is so interesting right pedro think about this we've reached a stage forget we saw social media being used by first paris hilton i think okay mm -hmm. if you look back yeah, you remember yeah, she yeah, had like yeah. big followers then came the kardashians we now in the business in world, fact we're not the, the kim kardashian in. was the assistant or kim kardashian was the assistant of paris hilton that's why she was front seat for, at the front uh, front running for for the not front running. How do you say in English? She was one of the first mover, first mover in social media, just because she yeah. she saw uh, what opportunity. Uh, yeah, what Paris Hilton achieved. Yes. Right. But let's get now to the business world and economics and on Twitter. You've been telling me for the last year about Twitter. I, in the last few months, uh, mm -hmm. I, like last five to six months, I've been on Twitter. I felt Twitter was a game changer. Me sitting here in South Africa, I put on Twitter and I could watch my time usage of social media move from Instagram yeah. uh, onto Twitter. Yeah. And the information so much faster and uh, you're getting stuff straight from the horse's mouth. If Elon must say something now, I can read it. Mm -hmm. So your reaction time is so much faster. Gone are the days where... You know, you have to read something in the newspaper or on a website, and it's already happened three days ago, right? Yes. So, uh, as you're saying, now, Elon Musk makes a comment or changes a hashtag on his status, puts Bitcoin, and you watch, you know, the trading starts increasing. You see shifts in the market. You uh, saw that he deleted that today. 
did he? He deleted Bitcoin from his from his. From if his... I'm not mistaken, he he made a comment that he's coming off Twitter for a short while. He's taking yeah. a Twitter. No, break. but he's tweeting. He's tweeting. But, is he tweeting? <laughs> yeah, he's tweeting, and he deleted the. Let me see here, Elon Musk. I can see if he... quickly. Elon Musk. You see. Okay, he's removed it. He removed the Bitcoin, but he, but he, how many he, followers he, does he have? Forty-six million or something. Forty-five million now. Yeah. 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 See, so, so that's he's influencing forty-five million people. You know what? Like how in the old days they said, you know, if you watch too much TV and advertisements, and you watch the same advert, you know, of a product, say whatever it is, a Nike shoe, seven times, you actually don't realize you you start wanting that item. Okay? Yeah. And and here's Elon Musk with 45 million followers. What he does say just just does have an effect on the market. Yes, I think that he can make Dogecoin become something relevant, just because of uh, you see, Dogecoin is the people's crypto. Clive is sharing here. Now, just a comment like that. When when was this? Was today or, or when or yesterday? February fourth. Okay. Fourth of February. Okay. So that's, that's who today. else? It's who today. El it's today, you see. So it's today he deleted the Bitcoin from his profile, deleted and keeps yeah. promoting Dogecoin. But that's a pure example. Now it puts in my head, hey, what the hell's Dogecoin? Let me go research. Let me find out. And and yeah, yeah. <laughs> who who knows? Maybe next week we'll be owning some Dogecoin. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how this world is working. So who else besides Elon Musk you think has a good following and, and has this kind of power, if I may call it power? Influence, let's well, call of, it influence. Of, of the big entrepreneurs, he's the only one that is really active. Uh, uh, Bill Gates also, but B Bill Gates is, is very conservative and he's not going to enter in these kind of discussions about crypto and he's not going to get involved in this. He's much more, much more institutional. Mm. Um, most of the others don't don't communicate. Um, I just see Elon Musk because you know we talk about Mike, Michael Saylor, but Michael Saylor is a nobody comp compared with these guys. Of course, of course. <laughs> no, if you look, he, he's not. If you look, uh, Clive, how many followers does Michael Saylor have? <laughs> no, we can look it up. You see, I understand that. I just liked his explanation when I watch his YouTube yes, videos yes, yes, or, yes. or his interviews, if you understand what I'm saying. Okay. Well, how many followers 400, there? 400,000. Yeah. But I, I think all that happened in the last uh, three months. Yes. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, you know, there's another guy, Seyfuddin Amos, who, who was Lebanese and he wrote the Bitcoin standard. Uh, they don't have followers like Elon Musk. So Elon Musk is an influencer. He is. He is. Yes. He's even a symbol of this new generation of entrepreneurs. I, I, I believe I he's going to go down in history. He can also be the person that sabotage himself because with all these tweets out of context, he can create problems for himself. Yeah. But uh, because getting too much exposure, but he can go like a, like a Da Vinci. You know, like Leonardo da Vinci, like uh, Thomas Edison, somebody, somebody that through mm. science, through inventions, changed the world. Mm. Mm. What do you think of the Winklevoss brothers, the twins? Well, I think they invested early. So, for, well, nobody, no, 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 when no, 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 about influence. Let's let's just not talk about what 
they've invested in, just being having a following. People look up to them as well. I think so. See, yeah. I think that the big the, the crypto community, yes, but uh, outside of that, uh, not much. Um, I always feel that these guys may be biased mm, because they need the adoption to take place. Yes, because they are not totally independent. You know, if 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 all their assets, all their networks, all their invo involvement is is um, is in crypto and in specific assets inside crypto uh, they may be biased but having said this i also think that they have you know they they, they own the gemini um, exchange exchange yes. they are big investors in bitcoin they are well known and they will be progressively even more known so and they are obviously very smart very talented guys And so whatever they say, even if it's biased, is worth, uh, is worth listening to. Hmm. And Jack Dorsey from Twitter, I think he also had the Bitcoin uh, hashtag on his profile yeah, yeah. for some time. I, 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 yeah. I see him a little bit different than the Winklevoss because much more independent. Bitcoin is not so important for him. It's just that he's a rebel. He supports freedom and uh, wants people to have decentralized infrastructures and assets. Twitter is a bit like that also. Mm. So, um, yeah, I totally understand that he buys, I think they have $50 million in, in, yes. in Bitcoin. But they bought it for Square, for the payment gateway. Yes, uh, yes. And, and that's, why, that's why I see that PayPal has to follow because they can't let Square, you know, take the lead uh, and be the only ones uh, as a payment gateway accepting mm -hmm. Bitcoin. Yes, yes, you know? yes, yes, yeah. yes. I think Bitcoin is not going away any, anymore. A unless unless uh, something catastrophic happens like uh, some kind of hacking, some kind of downtime, some kind of centralization of miners. I think it's still possible to happen this. Some kind of centralization of miners that take control of the network, Chinese guys affecting the technology somehow. There is always, I think we should not go into a point that we say, no, Bitcoin is are made God. up, yeah. Bitcoin is God. Bitcoin is God. It's, it's infallible. It's, it's failure. There's still risk. There's still a lot of risk at the moment. Uh, you know, I, I don't belong to the Bitcoin church, you know. I have Bitcoin mm -hmm. as an asset, but I understand. Uh, mm. I'm comfortable 99%, but I, 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 I see some, some, some chance that something goes wrong. That's that's why a little bit that I bought other other cryptos. Mm. To the, mm. j just also because I like to experiment. I like. I to think. Test. I think uh, the difference from 2017, where there was FOMO from public, uh, just 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 individual people. And there was FOMO and it drove the price up in 2017. Uh, if you look at Google Trends, right, they found that now it's not so much individual people that are buying Bitcoin. It's more institutional money. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. so in 2017, you didn't have uh, Square buying and PayPal buying and Visa being interested and these corporates Okay, institutions. So the difference now in 2021 is institutions are coming to the party. They're seeing the value, uh, right? That's number one. Number two, I read somewhere, you know, anything over a market cap of $200 billion is something to recognize, okay? Mm -hmm. I think the next point to hit is if 
Bitcoin reaches $1 trillion, then, you know, it's, it becomes more solid to a certain extent. Yes. But at the end of the day, we're living in such interesting times. Like my, my uncles or my dad or the older generation, they, they don't understand this. They don't understand Bitcoin. They heard the name, but not many of them uh, have taken the time or no one's explained to them, you know, how are you explaining? What is Bitcoin? What does it, uh, does it solve? How it works? How it will work in the future? So it's still early times. <laughs> yeah, still uh, a lot of space to grow. The question is, if you believe a lot, why don't you sell everything you have and buy Bitcoin? <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> I always have these difficulties with, with, yeah. with phenomenons of faith yeah uh, because you know yeah. if I start practicing the Catholic faith intensively then why don't I go to become a priest why do we hold out if we believe you know, I, I always find it weird because do you believe or not? I believe. Okay, so sell everything and buy Bitcoin. Mm. Go to, go live to a one room apartment. Yeah, you want for to 10 years. you want to diversify <laughs> because you don't have the belief. You don't have the hundred percent belief because as you're yes. saying, that's what you, I'm you saying. You know what? That's what uh, I'm trying let me, to say. You don't uh, have the one hundred percent belief. <laughs> yeah, because uh, there's always that's it. You, you know, you know, if you only follow pro Bitcoin people on Twitter and you're only sitting on Twitter, then you get. You start only getting fed pro-Bitcoin information. It's like a but, church. It's like a church. Yeah. You go there and everybody is aligned, and but you don't have yes. uh, alternative views. So that's what I was saying about a guy like Michael Saylor. The whole day, he'll just tweet uh, pro-Bitcoin, pro-Bitcoin. But he doesn't give any logical explanation like how a lecturer would give. Uh, you know, the, the lecturer, as I was saying, say Fadina Moss, who wrote the Bitcoin Standard, or he, or like Michael Saylor's from MIT, and he's a CEO of a company, and he's giving a logical explanation why he's invested the, the treasury money of his company into Bitcoin. Uh, Max Kaiser just says, buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin. So my point is, when you listen to other people that are hedge fund managers that are pro-Bitcoin, but they also see value in Ethereum. They also see value in Litecoin or Dogecoin. Mm -hmm. So then you start getting uh, other opinions. And, uh, you know, someone said, who is Satoshi Nakamoto? You know, that, that question's always there. And what happens if tomorrow he has to sell all his coins and he's sitting with one million? I mean, any what they call whale could tomorrow cash in all their money all the coins and yeah market would dip heavily yes so there is these unknowns yeah that, that's uh, that's why i think that uh, here on the good hope podcast I, I think we can do it different from these guys that's why I'm, I'm saying this is that we are believers in bitcoin uh and in crypto in general but i think it's also important to see that you, it's not blind faith that's why i was mm, pulling mm. that there I, is something I think that, we are st we are in such interesting times okay uh, both you and I are, have researched in the last few months about Bitcoin. We understand it to a certain extent. But this is like part of history in the making. We, we're living in an interesting time because yes. we can have a discussion in another few weeks and another few months. And you will see the progress, the market cap go up or down, uh, what would happen. Because there's changes every day. There's so much volatility in this market. It's like there's swings of 30% up and down. <laughs> Am I right or wrong? 100%.
Huh? It's not like gold where like it'll take five years to see 30% increase. You think that there is a chance that gold loses its value? Like these cryptos become real gold and the, the other one is just a, an industrial metal with low value like aluminum or something? That's, you know, if you look at the market cap of gold, uh, can Clive call that up? It's 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 10 times what Bitcoin is at the moment, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. if I'm correct. It's like and, 10 trillion, uh, yeah. You, you must know the, uh, like say there's 1 billion people in India, example, and every household in India owns physical gold, if I may say so. You know, yeah, like every yeah. lady would have a gold chain or yeah, a gold yeah, bangle. Yeah. So uh, even they have like a married season, you know, where a lot of people get married and you would see the gold price go a bit up because they're buying gold for weddings. So, so, you know, the world's not just America. You've got this whole South America that's got Argentina, Brazil, uh, you know, Venezuela is another country that's uh, adopted a lot of Bitcoin because of the problems they've been having. Mm -hmm. So we, we're finding a lot of these third world countries uh, going through problems, economic problems, and they are adopting a store of value. They're finding a store of value in Bitcoin because they might not get access to cash, uh, cash notes of dollars, okay? Mm -hmm. So you would find a person, even if he's got uh, two, three hundred euros, uh, a local currency value, two, two three hundred thousand, he's sitting in Venezuela. He doesn't want to leave it in that Venezuelan uh, currency. Yeah, but can, what can does it mean? That? But the question is, do you think that gold is going to lose its value? This is the question. It would take, it would take very long. But but no one knows the rate of adoption here. So, Clive, are you with us there? Can you pull out uh, 50 million users, the adoption rate of 50 million users? Just search on Google and you'll find how many days it took 50 million users. It's called 50 million users. Yeah, just search there. See if you get an image and I'll tell you which one. Okay, yeah. Just pull out, pull out uh, the third one. Right. That's the interesting one. Right. Watch this, Pedro, right. And this is always the interesting one I find, okay? So it's telling you how long it took to get to 50 million users in the airline industry. It took 60 some odd years, okay? yeah. Let's go to internet. It took seven years. Pornhub, 19 days, wow. Yes. I knew you were gonna go there, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but let's look at Facebook. So it took Facebook, such a good company, such a big company, scalable company. Now, if you look at, at where, this, where is Facebook? I don't see Facebook there. Where is Facebook? Third, okay, third last Facebook. one. Okay, okay, okay. That's right. Okay. Now, if you look at the last five, okay, or, f or even the last four, the last four only was possible because of the internet. If It, it was because the, the internet, which is the World Wide Web, okay, that causes scale. Mm -hmm. And everyone, maybe in the last uh, so many years, everyone's got a smartphone, so it's so quick. But if you look at like cars. It's very interesting. Cars it's very interesting what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. it's very interesting. You, you're following me. Yes, okay. yes. That, that so, things so now change faster. Change faster. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Now, let me put another spanner in the works here, okay? If I may take a bit more time. It's in our DNA. I'm going to give you a whole another mindset. Think about Adam, Adam and Eve, okay? It's human nature when Adam was put in the world, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay? 
he needed companionship. So he needed to meet someone else. So yes. he went looking for Eve. I don't, according to my religion, they were in heaven. He was told, do what you want, but don't touch this apple. Yeah. This apple the tree. Bible okay. is the same. The Bible is exactly the same. Right. Now, imagine you're in heaven. You got told to do what you want, but just one rule. Don't touch this apple. It's human nature. It's in the DNA from Adam right till us to want what you can't have. <laughs> okay? So that is Pornhub. <laughs> okay? Example. Okay, no, maybe that's a bad example. I'm just calling it greed. Something you don't have, you want apart. But let's say now he was put in the world, okay? But he was separated from Eve. But he went looking for her, okay? And it was told, if I may be correct, like maybe they met in a place that's Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. uh, example that was the meeting place in the world where they both met okay so there's even a mountain in Sri Lanka or, or they told that Adam was brought onto that mountain in Sri Lanka when mm -hmm. you're flying over the mountain the pilot will say oh this is where Adam got sent to the world but my point is Facebook is connection okay and humans our DNA is to connect you can't live in isolation yeah, okay? yeah. so you got Facebook there Twitter similar connecting people YouTube similar, connecting, okay? Yes. Porn, porn hubs there. My point is what's missing in the last four is money, okay? Taking money, joining it with the internet at a scale, that's Bitcoin, mm -hmm. okay? I would love to see uh, Bitcoin on this chart to see how long did it take to get to 50 million users. But now adoption, adoption rate, okay? I'm saying... We live in an interesting time. We don't know how fast Bitcoin can go to a trillion dollars, two trillion dollars. It would take much faster, a shorter yes, period yes. to go from one trillion to two trillion. trillion. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. It might have taken 10 years to get or 10, 15 years to get to one trillion. Yes. But because if you look at this chart, I'm trying to say that you might see maybe in three years we get to two trillion. Yes. And that's just my opinion. But I think this is very interesting because it's life. It's it's like we're living in the moment of this happening. 100%. When we are witnessing mm. all of this. No, it's a privilege. Yeah. It's something which maybe our parents didn't witness a big shift. So they call it like a, a wealth shift is happening. You know, there's wealth shifting from fiat, mm -hmm. from dollars uh, or rands or even Nigerian nairas. Mm. Okay. Uh, Clive. Just search in Google Trends the word Bitcoin. Okay. Yeah. And go by country. Uh, yeah. And, and see if you can zoom in there or like uh, pull number out one, the Number list one of is countries. Nigeria. Number one is Nigeria. Yes. Mm. And number two is South, South Africa. Africa. Did, you ever, did you ever imagine South Africa, small country at the bottom of Africa, would be number two on that list? Mm. Searching yeah. the word Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the way I see it is that Nigeria and South Africa, uh, the reason they're number one and number two is not for crime or, you know, trade, trading on any illicit, uh, you know, forex or anything. It's because we have a currency which we don't believe in ourselves. People that earn money in Nigeria, business people, don't want to hold their, let's say, wealth in a Naira. Take me, for example, if you earn 
now you have an option. You don't want to be holding on to 1 million rand for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. If I have 1 million rand and I put it in the bank, and this is what Michael Saylor says, think a timeline of 100 years. Now you want to pass this wealth of 1 million rand to your children 100 years later. Will you just put it in the bank and leave it there? No, it's going to depreciate yeah, against the dollar. Of course. Okay. And then would you then leave it in dollars? So, so that's where I see Nigeria and South Africa coming. And, and can he expand on that? Can you expand that list to give us more countries? Yeah. Okay. Watch this. Slovenia, Netherlands. Okay. Carry on. Okay. USA is only 14 on the list. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think Portugal's down at 27 or something. Okay. Could just go back. You'll see you've got Venezuela there as well. Okay. Uh, 18. Mm. And that's a, a country that has an economic problem. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The other thing is, Clive, go back up. Uh, no, no, up, up on the screen. We want to just see. Uh, yes. So, in actual fact, the word Bitcoin is not trending as high as 2017. That's so, you're true. not finding individual people. Uh, individual public people searching the word as 2017. That mm -hmm. FOMO that happened in 2017 is different to now in 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's different, yes. And I, I, I even see the, the, the pattern of Bitcoin. I can relate it to what happened on the dot-coms. I remember on the dot-com time when this internet company started, also there was a crash, maybe in 2000 or something like that. There was a big crash on the stock market and a lot of companies lost, disappeared. But then they continued to, to grow. This is exactly what happened on Bitcoin. Yeah, 2017, yes. a big crash. The hype. The and hype. The, was hype there first. the big crash. The bubble. And, the then, bubble. and then consolidates. And then from there, consolidates. This is exactly what happened on the internet with the internet companies. I see the pattern. And we are now beyond the crash. The crash so, already so happened. Do you know anyone today that doesn't have an email address? No. Yeah. Can happen the same here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there was a time where we, we never had email emails or email addresses. Today, there's not a single person that doesn't have an email address. Mm -hmm. Right? Even young kids, when they get their first phone or they need to have an account or a username, they have to have an email address so they get a Gmail account or an iCloud account. Uh, you know, that's what could happen here. <laughs> there. You know, you might find a time, Christmas time, you know, instead of giving your grandchildren or your children 50 euros, you might say, hey, I'm not going to give you fiat. Long, let, let's, let's pass some Satoshis. Uh -huh. Could happen. Yeah. I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing is it teaches people patience. So pe if you look at maybe the last 10 years, okay, especially I would say with the, the way social media has gone, And uh, people want instant gratification, okay? Human nature has become mm -hmm. very instant mm -hmm. gratification mm -hmm. compared to two, three generations before where people yes. had patience. Bitcoin then would teach the youth that patience pays off. You know, you know, there was that small test with children where they say, okay, we can give you one marshmallow now, mm -hmm. but if you wait five minutes, we'll give you two marshmallows. And if you wait another five minutes, we'll give you three marshmallows. That's very similar to Bitcoin now. You're telling a child, okay, I'm going to give you 50 euros of Satoshis. You can use it, but if you hold on to it, it might become 100 euros. Yeah, yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And so, so you might see now a trend where youth start 
saving more than what they used to. We'll see. But yeah, yeah. The, the, there's a so there, it. there's no there's no right and wrong or answers to all these questions because we're living in the moment of history taking place. I feel. But I see. I I agree with you. This is the future of 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 of, of storage of value. Let's say. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but you know, everyone doesn't see it that way. I mean, many people still can't see this. Now, and, and that's now these saying. days, one of the things that I started noticing that before I didn't saw it is how obsolete it feels to go to an ATM. To, to imagine you have to get in the car to get physical cash. I'm not talking about why, but if you want to have physical rands or physical euros, you have to get in the car, drive somewhere, park, maybe pay for parking, leave the car, walk, go to the ATM, put the car. The ATM is a massive machine of iron cast into a wall Hmm. puts put the code waiting for banknotes to come back put the banknotes in your pocket recover the card put the card in the wallet walk back to your car it's crazy it's crazy it's, obsolete it's, it's, it's crazy. the kodak no it's, it's the it's, kodak it's, it's even, I, I think it's even worse than kodak i think since you know i started understanding crypto uh huh. this thing of walking to an atm is is medieval is medieval is, I think it's, it's not Kodak. It's, it's like having digital cameras and having painters. <laughs> it's not even Imagine a huge machine. I think, I think maybe in 20 years' time, people will say they had these huge machines with screens, you know, yeah. embedded on walls. And, they and especially <laughs> now in COVID, in COVID time, let me tell you, touching the I, keys. I don't like, yeah. yeah, I don't like going to an ATM because it's so unhygienic and. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, it's it's crazy obsolete. The second thing that I find is crazy obsolete is international transfers. I do an international transfer. Uh, I, I I think it was close to Christmas. I did an international transfer, but uh, like Christmas, the twenty fourth and twenty fifth, everything is closed. Uh, the banking system shuts down and it was like uh, Thursday and Friday. So I did it like Wednesday, then Thursday nothing, Friday nothing, Saturday nothing, Sunday nothing, Monday nothing, only Tuesday. It's painful. It's painful. Huh? I was what what's going on? Six yeah. days waiting for an international bank transfer. But if it was Bitcoin would be what? 10 minutes? And of course, we have to wait for confirmation. So maybe one hour, w one hour versus five or six days. But you know even, what it I, is? I, I don't Can even I tell understand you? It. Just why do they need to shut down banks, the computers? <laughs> yeah, on Saturdays. For example, Litecoin never had a blackout. Never, never, hmm. never in in almost ten years. He's, and he's, uh, Litecoin had. Uh, Ethereum had, uh, Bitcoin had, Ethereum had, Litecoin never. But even the blackout of of of, of Ethereum or or the small things on Bitcoin in the beginning is nothing compared to yeah, because there were such few nodes or such few uh, you know the computers servers or whatever hosting Bitcoin. Now it's just on another scale. Okay, so so even when I do a transfer and they ask, do you want to pay now, or or just use a normal payment. So they charge you more if you want to EFT money from one bank to another person, you know? <laughs> but, so, but, but, but they pay attention that it's not really on another scale because what happens is this. Because the block time of, of, of Bitcoin 
it's it's 10 minutes if you are in a moment let's say now every, a lot of people have, have bitcoins in cold storage and now bitcoins raised to 250,000 and you say wow for 250,000 I'm wanting to sell one bitcoin it can happen that you try to wire it it doesn't go because each 10 minutes it's a block and you have millions of people trying to to solve to, the code to, to transfer bitcoins it doesn't go you can be waiting like two days okay. if the bitcoin is not in the exchange you can have blackouts just because the block time is so long right. clive search how many how many transactions per block in bitcoin i don't know if you're going to find it easier um, but that, that's when we were having a conversation. But it's like two, four or five. Ago. It's like four or five transactions per block, which means that it's four or five transactions each 10 minutes. It's, it's very slow, you understand? I don't know if it's four but, or but, five. But, I, but need, it's okay. I need five to but, find but, it. But, but Pedro, the, the, you must understand, even when the internet started, you remember I was telling you this, we had dial up internet, right? And it's okay because. We've seen the internet evolve. We'll see Bitcoin and crypto evolve. You will. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like when watches first came out or something. You, or when an Apple phone came out, you had an Apple 3. There was nothing fancy. You know, Apple, Apple, the first Apple phone was missing a calculator. It didn't have so many features, you know? No, but, but there evolution. is a difference. There is a difference because um, Bitcoin is not a company. Bitcoin is like gold. I accept the explanation saying, okay, but try to move 1 million euros of gold from here to a London exchange. It's going to be more difficult than waiting for Bitcoin to to get out yes. of, of, of But traffic. what might happen is uh, you could move some Bitcoin value into Litecoin, do your transaction in Litecoin yeah, yeah. and drop, it. drop it in Litecoin into your... Uh, account. But you can only do it if it's already in an exchange. That's what I'm saying. Yes. When it's in yeah. cold storage, it's vulnerable. It's protected, yes. but if you want to sell it, you can. It, there are circumstances you cannot uh, do it. Mm -hmm. And the comparison with Apple is different because Apple has a team that makes the phone evolve. Yes. yes so yes. Bitcoin is really more is closer to to gold than closer to to a company. It's not going yeah. to evolve the same way that the iPhone is evolved. But that mm. is a positive thing because uh, nobody can mess it up. Yeah? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> on the safe side, on the safe side, maybe it's good that it's slow. Maybe it's good that it's slow. But let's come back to this ATM where we started this, uh, you know, you said you like, find it so primitive. Are we still with us or not? I don't, I don't even know if you are there. I, I'm here, I'm here. I'm trying to uh, okay. find out the... Uh, block size so when you do that you just share the screen so i can see that you are sharing otherwise i have no clue <laughs> we can see you working there in I the can background see you sharing you know but unless you are afraid of what can come up on screen <laughs> so coming back to this uh, atm experience you had do you not feel that after you did a transaction or the transfer of Bitcoin from you to me and you went through you that see, experience. It's here. It's just, just, just to finish, average number of transactions per block, 1,609, mm. you see? So this is what, and it is, uh, you can, can you zoom in, please, Clive, on this, on this ball? Yeah. Average number of transactions per block, 1,609. This is each 10 minutes. Mm. So mm. In, a, in a situation of price climbing like crazy or for example collapsing 
Only 1,609 movements can happen each 10 minutes. And you have like 10 million transactions coming in, it gets stuck. And you have to wait like three days while the, while the price declines. Mm. That's why it's, maybe, maybe it's a good thing also. Yeah. Well, well, no. Well, uh, I, I think it's important to always keep something on an exchange a bit, at least a part yes, yes. that you want to move if needed. No, but if you think as physical gold, okay, whoever owns physical gold, it's finished. They don't walk around. <laughs> no, but they don't walk around going to a shopping mall with physical gold ever. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. It's like it takes a process to, you know. Move the yeah. value. I think maybe in the next episode, because you have more experience, you can talk about physical gold. I think I would be interested in talking about physical gold. It's an interesting topic also. Yeah. How yeah. to buy, how I, to I sell. I, I only got the book knowledge. I'm not experienced in it. No, but you, you said you bought, you sold, you know. So somehow... Uh, I always have the feeling that buying. You know, I love. I live in easy. South Africa. We don't want to announce things. <laughs> <laughs> buying is easy. <laughs> buying is easy. Selling, selling is going yeah. to be complicated because someone is going to say, "You know what? Now there's no demand," because you are but very you know, dependent on a, a dealer. A Kruger ran. It's quite recognized internationally. So I've even seen billboards in Hong Kong advertising yeah. a Kruger ran. You know, I think you can walk into any. Uh, you know, the bank or jewelry store in in most parts in the world, and they'll recognize certain coins. You know, mm -hmm. like like a Kruger Rand. It's quite recognized. It's just the process because you know when you have stocks or crypto, you go on your computer, you see the market price, you press a button, it goes. I imagine somebody with Kruger Rands walking into a jewelry you know man i need money can i sell this the guy is looking at you is this stolen? yeah you don't know is if it's guy? stolen or not or what happens and is it not fake you know and you know and he's going to say no because now there's no demand i was going to have you to offer you a shitty price you know okay so so let's say how was your experience it was seamless to sell it seamless yeah but uh i can tell you for the duration that i had some physical goal it was stressful because i didn't want where, where do you keep it? Yeah. You lock it up. You put it in a vault. You In South Africa, if you drive to a vault, someone sees you park your yeah, car. Yeah. You, can get, you can get hijacked outside the vo uh, vault. Yeah, or, yeah. You, or you jump in your car. You, you can get followed and get robbed at the robot. So to me, it's actually less stress not owning the gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. The moment I sold the gold, oh, what a relief. Because... You, you don't want to be, uh, you know, you, if you're living in Nigeria, South Africa, Venezuela, countries like this, you can get robbed at any time. I understand. It's very, it's, it's inconvenient. It's co <laughs> now, now, now imagine this. Imagine you own one gold coin. You can get held up at your house. They break in, they find this thing or they rob you, whatever it is. Now you've got 10 Bitcoin on a cold storage treasure wallet or cold card. Mm. <laughs> you, someone's going to break in your house. He's not even going to be, he's going to be like, oh, it's a calculator. He's just going to leave it there. He's not going <laughs> to, or you put it away in the cupboard or something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But they can also put a gun to your head and say, give me the password. Yeah, but uh, you know, I'm saying. I just say, I, I know what you're saying, but I, it's, it's, I you don't have to keep it. You don't have to keep a, a Coles card or a Trezor wallet in a safe, or you don't even have to have a safe at home. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't have a safe because of this reason. I don't own a gun. I don't keep jewelry. Uh, I, I don't buy jewelry. 
I don't believe in because we live in South Africa. I don't need the stress of having any wealth at home. Yeah. So if someone comes to my house, the most they're going to steal is a TV. What are yeah. they going to take? The dining room table and a couch. Yeah, yeah. You can't carry carry my fridge. You know what I mean? So don't put yourself in that situation. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, so that, that's another thing, you know, with this uh, the way we live at the moment. Uh, and, and coming back to, like you said, this Russian oligarchs that have these big mansions, okay? Even uh, sometimes I think, okay, as a youngster, you always want a Ferrari or a sports car. Sometimes it's a blessing in disguise not to own it here in South Africa because then you you draw attention to yes, yourself. Yes, yes, yes. You understand? So you might work so hard and reach a point where now you can afford it and then you ask yourself, okay, is it worth creating so much attention to yourself? People will follow you or, or I mean, whatever. You know, you're putting your family at risk. You could get held up just because of this car. Yeah, so, I, I think this is one of the reasons why you see... Uh, there is some millionaires' playgrounds. For example, Monaco. Uh, for example, in Italy, Portofino. Uh, maybe in the United States, Beverly Hills. Yeah, uh, just because you know, if you drive uh, Rolls Royce Phantom in Monte Carlo, nobody cares. Yeah. In Monaco, no, no, nobody's going to be concerned that you have a Rolls Royce or Dubai. Nobody cares. Yeah. But yeah. if you do the same in Portugal. Or in South Africa, in Portugal, you are not going to be robbed because criminality is almost zero. But people will look at you in a weird way. So, so well, I must keep my Ferrari in Portugal. <laughs> of course, a lot of you know, a, a lot of a lot of people in Africa from Africa keep uh, well shiny things in Europe because but if, also Dubai. I think if, a lot of if, people if, use yeah, Dubai that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. And if you go to London, you drive in and, and you drive uh, what. Uh, Pagani Zonda, nobody cares. Yeah. No, he's just yeah. another Middle Eastern. Anyone is going to think he's just a guy from from the Emirates that that is that is. You know, I met. I uh, I was skiing in Azerbaijan. Okay, so mm. I went to the ski resort called Shahdag in mm. Azerbaijan. It's about three four hours out of Baku. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I met this travel agent in the hotel, a business guy, and he says he owns a travel agent, and he was a travel agent in Dubai uh, for the high profile international celebrities so like maria sharapova mm-hmm. used to use him yeah okay ericsson company used to use him mm-hmm. and he says that he had to work 24 hours uh, like if someone phones i need a yacht in the middle of some place in mediterranean he would on a call quickly get it or they need a mm-hmm. uh, airplane so he says this one arab guy wanted to fly to london but he wanted to take his Range Rover with him. So the guy was trying to explain to him, listen, I'll hire you a Range Rover in London, the exact same car, and you can drive it there. Why do you want me to ship or air freight your car? The guy says, no, no, my seat is so comfortable in my Range Rover and I like my seat. So he says, okay, give you an idea. We'll still hire the car in London. I'll take out your seat from this car, send it to London, and we'll put it in that car. No, I want my own, my own car. And that's the level that people are on, okay? <laughs> then, then he explained to me another, because we were just chatting at the hotel and we got to know each another, quite a nice guy. And he was explaining to me something else. Uh, this family wanted to, you know, go travel on business class or, fir- oh, no, on first class. But they'll book the entire first class out 
even though there's just four of them. So they, you know, so they don't mix with anyone else mm. and have that, have that privacy. And, and he was just a travel agent on an extreme Probably level. it's cheaper to do that than fly in a, in a private Yes. Car. It's cheaper to yes. buy all the first class tickets and, and, yeah. and book it just yeah. for yourself. So, so if you go to London, Edgeware Road, I don't know if you've been there on Edgeware Road, right? You'll see all Arab number plates yeah, 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 driving yeah. up and down. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is, yeah. I, I think I think it's the capital of luxury in Europe now. It's the most luxurious yeah. capital in Europe now. Yeah. Just no British people living there anymore. Okay, my friend. The fifth episode is concluded. This is the fifth, yeah? This is the fifth. Yeah. It's an important number for us, huh? Five. Yeah. Anything five. Anything five is relevant. Reach the fifth. Let's see. Now we are warming up for something special in the next episodes. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, bye Pedro. Bye. Keep well. <laughs> Thank bye. you. Bye-bye.